What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Dudes Who Bet Sports. So you want to bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, Associated Press is full of shit. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show. Papa Dude is here with me tonight. What's going on, Papa Dude? Oh, I am uh, ready to roll here, talk a little uh, horse racing. I'm sure you guys uh, digested it all yesterday. Maybe I can add a little something before we get started. Has there been a better time to be a Sooner lately? That's right. Is. Oklahoma versus the world. You've got your Oklahoma shirt on. I'm Softball national champions and the baseball going to the College World Series. One we totally expected and one came totally out of nowhere. So uh, congratulations to both of them. Uh, I do want to talk about the softball for just a minute. I, and then I promise, guys, we'll get to the horse racing that you came in here for because most of you don't care about softball. Aaron, have you ever seen a better team? No, I have not. Best uh, team ever uh, in softball history. No no question about it. If there's one better than them, I, I'd like to see it. I've never seen a team can do what they can do. Yeah. They can beat you so many ways. And uh, I've never seen a coach who uh, depends on her players. She just puts them out there, and she's got full confidence in them. She threw a pitcher out there in the championship game. That was uh, injured, had been injured. Her velocity was off six miles an hour, which is a tremendous difference in softball. Yeah, She got hammered, but the defense made the most unbelievable plays I've ever seen. But they do that all the time. Bailed her out until the bats got going and then she was over. So yeah. it's an incredible bunch of athletic girls who know how to win and can handle the pressure. That's the thing that impressed me the most. There's a team that was number one all year long, and how many times do you see a number one team get beat when it gets to that? So, Well, ask Tennessee what it's like to be number one all year long in baseball. They are not going to the College World Series. They got upset in the Super Regional by Notre Dame. You see it. You see it an awful lot. You see it in the pros. Uh, Miami's out in the, in the uh, NBA, and Phoenix is out also. Uh, in hockey, Florida's out. So it's hard to do this, especially whenever you have uh, tremendous pressure on you like they do. So that was impressive. And then, of course, the boys are heading on to in baseball into the College World Series next week in Omaha. Tremendous uh, accomplishment for them because they had to win on the road in the regionals and the super regionals to get there. So it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. They they uh, went on the road. Like you said, they didn't have a great regular season. They got hot, though, towards the end and really, really, really played well. They did. And they're there. They're going to make it. So Or they did make it. And uh, who knows? They're hot. We'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, yeah, the softball, <laughs> they did everything. I mean, they were just great in every spot. Like you said, their pitching usually was fantastic. But when it needed, when they needed to have defense, my goodness, the oh, national championship game or the second game that ended up being the national championship game, yep. they robbing people of home runs. I mean, it was it was super super exciting. Their base running is incredible. 
they take the extra base. They just put so much pressure on the other team that that they cause errors. Yeah. And uh, they're just a really, really good team. She's done, done a fantastic uh, job at OU, and it'll, it's going to continue. They've got the number one pitcher in the country coming in next year. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shoddy says, come on, Arkansas. They're currently in a, a game with North Carolina. They're ahead in the Super Regional one to nothing. The last time I checked, it was two to two. Um, I don't know the score right now. They were in a delay last time I checked. So. Well, that will be a, uh accomplishment similar to OU. Yeah. They went to Oklahoma State and won the regional, and now they are in North Carolina in the Super Regional, so they would be mm-hmm. doing the same thing. I don't think this has been a tremendously great Arkansas regular season like they usually have, but here they are with a chance to go to the World Series. So we'll keep an eye on that as we go along. All right, I'll address this very quickly before we get into the horse racing. Uh, Bree said, what's the thoughts on the Twitter drama about paid picks? There's three people on Twitter, and it's like clockwork. Every three or four months they do this, and I would just ignore it. It's not really drama when it's that predictable. I don't know why they hate us. We've never met those those two or three individuals whatsoever, and – never even associated or talked to them. Uh, but that's kind of what they do every couple of months. So I think everybody that's watching this knows that 99.9% of what we do is free. And if you want to pay for premium picks and things like that, that's definitely up to you. And we love you to do that. But, you know, we're here uh, every every day pretty much on YouTube, putting out free content, free win picks for every track every day. And uh, that's that's all I got to say about it. I mean, it, it really, for people that say they don't like us, they sure do know when we tweet and when we change anything on the site and this and this and this. So, Well, I mean, got some enemies, sounds like. And when you do what you do, you're going to have some enemies, right? I didn't really think so, but yes, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it's, how could you not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In today's times. So I don't know what you're talking about. Enlighten me for just a second. Oh, there's just a the there's there's two there's really two people on Twitter that think they know everything about everything, and anytime <laughs> they think we do anything minutely wrong, it's just a pile on pile on pile on, and they've got their followers, and then they started, and then it's just a back and forth, and it's just a, one guy in particular is obsessed with us specifically, and the other guys just like to stir up drama on everybody you'll see him kind of stir up everybody so it is what it is i mean it's not not a big deal when that first started i think this has been going on for like two years they did it a couple times and i'm like wow man that's upsetting now it's just like guys this is like a broken record i mean i don't know what you want me to say right now so um yeah we're doing just fine hopefully they're doing just fine as well (laughs) that's i mean that's the that's the funny thing i don't care they're about their thoughts on us their comments on us i don't care at all um and so that's it kind of makes it where it's like oh they're just doing that again it'll be over tomorrow they'll move on to somebody else so. did you use a couple of your picks and lose you think or no no oh. we had a great day i mean and they, these people are just they just <laughs> like to hate on successful people and that's kind of the trend I, i'm not trying to be an asshole but that's kind of the trend of what we've seen that's so. kind of what you got to be on this. You know? I feel like that's a lot of Twitter, yeah. But uh, thanks, everybody, for definitely sticking up for us. I know Shadi and uh, Bree and and, and uh, Vicky's not here, I don't think, but uh, a lot of nice comments uh, on, on there about us. So that was nice. All right, 
let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the racing. We had a great time. Uh, ended up being very, very good on Saturday. We'll get into that. We'll get into that at the guy doing so well, the Bakerill article doing really well. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll have some fun here. So, Papa Dude, I said you pick three horses. I pick three horses. Right. They're going to be different, so we cover six races, and we'll talk about them. So your uh, first horse was the Super Philly, Regal Glory. She was unbelievable yet again, um, winning the just a game. We'll play it now. Talk about Regal Glory. All right. Well, first of all, she was one of my picks, and yeah. I was glad to see Speak of the Devil get out of the gate poorly, which was the other uh, favorite. Mm -hmm. And uh, very, I mean, this is just a professional horse uh, right now. I mean, this mm -hmm. is. A really good horse. So let's watch her here. I think she is third, I believe. Uh, yeah, she's sitting right there in third. She's the two horse, right. uh, just kind of biding her time. Like I said, speak of the devil, slow out of the gate, way right. back in last. There. Yeah. So what we see here again is what we saw in a couple of races yesterday, maybe, maybe three or four. We've got two rabbits that are out in front. The thing with this is they are going entirely too fast. So when you look at the fractions, you weren't too worried if you're back in the back. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we picked Speak of the Devil. This was a crushing defeat for us and really got us off to a terrible start. But we weren't really afraid that the that the speed horses were going to stick. Right. We were just more worried about how Speak of the Devil doesn't look very good at all. And you could tell handful of horse here for Regal Glory. He's just waiting for the cue. Oh, he she is. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah. 12 out of 19 now. Uh, four in a row, uh, including three grade ones out of those four. I would say this horse is in pretty good form. Now watch as she takes off right here. Mm -hmm. It is over, and everybody knew it at that point. Yeah, this was an awesome run, and I think we were doing this live, and I was like, uh, wow, <laughs> that, that's going to be a big-time win. Yes. She just totally gallops away from there. The five Wakanaka, she was back there with her. She gets up for second in Italian third, and then speak of the devil, like I said, just not, not, yeah. not her day. No, uh, she got out of that gate. She made a little bit of a rally there once. I thought she was going to get going. Did you? She kind of caught up to Regal Glory there for just a minute. Yep. But that was it. I thought Wanamaker did a great job, too. She made a really good run. Yeah, yeah, Wakanaka. You, you got your – Mike Savage is rubbing off on you with these names. Oh, let's do I don't have it in front of me, but uh, just you'll see here in a minute. Uh, Speak of the devil will make a little bit of a charge. Yeah. If I remember right, because she's yep. coming, coming on a little bit now, but I just, well, she wasn't far enough back to not win. Now here she comes. See, and I, I was thinking right there, she's going to get regal glory is what mm -hmm. I was thinking. And I wasn't really worried about the two on the lead. No. Very much. Uh but I was thinking, oh, she's going to get my horse here because she takes the lead here. Just go, I mean, over at Regal Glory. Right. Head in front. And boom, here in a minute. See how far ahead of she gets? Or, well, I believe Regal Glory is retaking the lead. But Yeah, so I'll screw you back. Kind of, well, if I'm not very yeah. this. Here we go. So right there, it looks like Speak of the Devil is going to go. And then boom, Regal yeah. Glory just says, uh-uh, yeah. that's not going to happen. And then that's when we knew we were screwed. So, yeah. Um, that's a very, very good horse. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see a lot of her this summer. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Chad Brown's going to have this horse ready to go. I think Speak of the Devil will bounce back. But, 
yeah, just not not a great performance there. Regal Glory, unbelievable in that spot. Yep. Um, all right, now let's go on to the next one here, the Jiper. And uh, this was this was one of mine. Casa Creed is who I picked, and uh, the biggest or is who are, is why I, is the uh, I didn't pick him to win, but the horse that I'm picking to talk about, I should say, okay. one of my three uh, today. Uh, I want to be clear. I want to get Twitter in a in a up uh, uproar here. I'm sure they're watching and they want to post that I'm lying. So uh, the Jiper here and listen, Jared and I's bankroll. It was down big uh, coming into this race. We had a trifecta uh, two three. Uh, Let's see, two, three, five, uh, sorry, three, four, five, 11 box in the trifecta. We needed it badly. It came through for us here, and we'll watch it unfold. So Casa Creed wins the Jiper for the second straight season. You're going to see it here. This was a full field of 13. Boy, it was a really good race. It was. You see the three, who I like quite a bit, True Velour. She, he goes out to the front. And so I was super excited because I thought that's exactly where I want him to be. And then arrest me red, the favorite in the race, right there stalking in second. So at this point, it's like, well, if the speed holds, we just got to get the 11 or the four up there for third. Right, right. Or in the in the try, you know. Um, so then you look at the first fraction, uh, what happened here, 22.36, going short on the turf, no right. big deal. Right. And now you're scanning back, and it's just like, okay, where's Casa Creed? I horses. <laughs> I know. You see the 11 start to drop out of it, and I'm like, oh, boy, well, it's got to be the four, or we're, we're going to lose another one here. Um, and so we're turning for home, and it looks like the five is just going to take this thing over. Right here, you see the three kind of just put that head down and say, no, I'm going to keep going. This is a, a little horse. Slim talked about how little this horse is. Just kept fighting, kept fighting. And look at Luis Sias on the rail. Saved every bit of ground. Tips over at the right uh, moment. And going to mow him down here late. So it oh, comes yeah. in four, five, three. This was a fantastic race, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, I think all, most of us had to rest me red, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and he ran, or is, it a, is this Phillies? This not. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, this is the boys. Right. He ran great. You know, he didn't run. He did not run bad. You can't be disappointed with the way he ran. Yeah. Uh, the four was just amazing. A yeah. great ride and held on there just perfect. Made that last kick. And Louie wrote, wrote him home for a big win for you guys, for sure. Yeah, it was huge. So we were down about $170 uh, going into this race, roughly. And uh, we made uh, 194 on this try. So we yeah. were having a horrific day. I was about as low as you could get. I was just trying to put on a happy face on the live stream, to trying to talk to people off the ledge. People are coming on there going, ah, what are we going to do? I said, well, been in it long enough. Don't, don't panic. Don't change everything that you thought was going to happen because it'll come around eventually. And, yeah, thankfully it did here. And, again, really just look at him, just skimming the rail there or the hedge in this case. And the then turf here at Belmont, beautiful move right here. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, now it's inside, outside. Nope, we're gonna go outside. Boom, and he's got okay. it. Look at this he horse. Had plenty of horse, and away he went. Yeah, this and was, that's a good horse. I think I had him second. I believe. Yeah, I think you did. I think you had it five four uh, as well. You had a good day. You had Regal Glory, like you said. You were the only one that had that horse on top, and I didn't. Out. I didn't get a lot of winners. Uh, when I because Echo Zulu scratched yeah. with the gate that hurt, although I'm not sure, I wasn't real sure on her. And the one that just pisses me off more than anything was I didn't pick Flightline. 
Well, we'll get to that one in a second. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you want to talk about Jack Christopher or Clarier next? That's your next let's two. Do, let's do uh, Clarier next. Clarier. All right. Biggest Steve Asmussen fan in the world here. A field of just five Phillies, but boy, they were five stars, or at least four of them were. Here we go. Take it away, Papa Dude. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we all know what we're going to say when this thing gets going here. Yeah, what go. in the hell was Latruska <laughs> and and uh, the other search one, results. search results doing? I don't know. Now, you know, I like to see Latruska get out of the gate and go. Yeah. But not these fractions. As soon as I saw the fraction, I said, oh, my God, he's not going to win this one. Yeah. Or he's not. And, of course, that's who I picked because that's one of my favorite horses. What were they thinking? I don't know. I was shocked by this. I thought I thought the five would sit up a little closer, but to go to the well, front towards yeah. that was crazy. Why didn't Latruska just let the five go? I don't think she has that ability. Well, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she sees that horse and away she goes. Yeah, I think she just has to be on the lead. And like I said, 45 for the half here. On the 16th, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, my God. Yeah. She's going to have to be a super horse. Yeah, and Dennis says, how does the five not win the race being hand-rode? And I kind of thought the same thing when they were right here. I thought, okay, this five yeah. is going to be pretty good. But uh, I think, a you know, kind of more of a sprinter. And I think, you know, she was going up there pretty fast too. She was flying. And these are two pretty decent horses behind them. Yeah, they're not bad. And you got the best trainer of four-year-olds in the business uh, with Clarier. And, you know, that horse runs hard every time. Runs hard every time, and what a what a match race this turns out to be mm -hmm. in her and Mal Malathot. That was yeah. And it, it, honestly, and you know, sometimes it's kind of overused the word they wanted it more in horse racing. Sometimes just horses just run, and we'll see what happens. And, and the best one on that day wins. But I really believe Clarier wanted it more than Malathot because Malathot had her measured. Almost the entire way until they hit the wire. Well, you know, I picked Latruska, and then when I saw that uh, she wasn't going to win, and then Clarier came on, I was rooting my butt off. I didn't think she was going to get her. I really didn't. I thought, well, she's going to get second. Yeah. But uh, the other thing is, we see Latruska, and it could be because Latruska knew she wasn't going to win, but she kind of quit. Yeah. Is that a bad sign or is that just a sign of the fact that the jockey knew he wasn't going to win and Latruska knew she wasn't going to win? So they just backed her off, you think? Yeah, he kind of wrapped up on her. If you see her coming across here, he just kind of yeah. galloping her home. Uh, let's see if I can get to the spot. Here she is right here. And uh, you can tell she's in big, big, big trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and let's see if I can kind of point out the moment here where he kind of wraps up. It's, it's it may be here when the three and the four get past her because she still could get second right there. He kind of asked her once, asked yeah. her twice, asked yeah. her again and said, nope, okay. Yeah. Look, you see her pull her head back slightly there. It yeah. was kind of just, no, we're, don't, don't, she doesn't have it. Just gallop her home. I think, I think a lot of us are kind of expecting her to kind of, be winding down. Yeah. Aren't we? 
She's honestly, I, I was I wanted to pick against her, but I thought she had such a uh, uh, geez, pace advantage in this race. Yeah, that I was like, I, I don't think they'll beat her here. I think she'll get out in front, and then she didn't. I'll show you one more here. The, the moment I knew we were screwed, so there she is, and I thought, okay, we're good. This is okay. Yeah, definitely. And I said, okay, yeah, search results. Look, see how she kind of looked at that horse, kind of, and it's like, no, yeah. no, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah. And then she got headstrong here for oh, a good fifteen strides. Look at her; she's he's still trying to fight her. I thought, oh boy, she's not in that easy cruising speed. No. And that's that's when you know a speed horse is in big big trouble. And search the other part of it is search results is a really nice horse and was able to put the pressure on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Greg says Latruska did look tired at Oakland. I thought I could uh, get her with the five. And yeah, I mean, at, on the turn you had to think you had a really good shot. And the thing about it was, Greg at Oakland, I thought the set the setup would be pretty similar here, and I was dead wrong about that. So you know, she didn't run great at Oakland. She wasn't great, but again, it was a short field, and you know, Clarier is a horse she beat at Oakland, and uh, I thought it'd be a similar setup, and it just didn't happen. And so, yeah, that's. But I was proud of Clarier. I, I you know, that horse deserved a big win. So. Yeah, and while we're talking about Asmussen. Uh, we got to talk about Jackie's warrior who did yep. not on Saturday. And there's been some controversy as to why he didn't put her in the Met mile. And, you know, some people say he's scared of flight line. I wouldn't say he's scared. I would say he was leery or maybe wary of flight line. And folks, that's not Jackie's warrior, Jackie's warriors best uh, distance to run. So, He's uh, trainers' jobs are to put a horse in a race that can win, right? And he, they, they win money for the, the owner, so he's in a $300,000 race, he's definitely going to win. By the way, she was or he, he I called her she again, he was absolutely flawless, yeah, in that race on Friday. One, uh, it was a $300,000 race, so $180,000 used it as a prep for the next one. Mm -hmm. Why put him, why risk it? Right. It would have it would have made no sense to put him in the Met Mile, um, especially because Flightline is a horse you can easily dodge. We're not going to see him again for four months, probably, and he's not going to be in sprint races where Jackie's at. So you just take a you know you just say take the easy route and fight another day. You're not going to beat Flightline at a mile. You're probably not going to beat him anywhere. So and that's not Jackie's Warriors' best. Uh a distance. No, a mile is not his best. His his one race, uh, well, he had a couple of races at a mile have not been the best. By the way, the Hogs win. So yeah. The Hogs will go to Omaha. Um, so Hogs, the Sooners, the Aggies, Texas A&M Aggies, and is there anybody else so far? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. That's right. Notre Dame's in. So It'd be um, yeah. That's all I think at this time. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, again, back to, to Asmussen, you know, he, to win as many races as he does, I don't think his staff gets enough credit. Do you? I mean, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, uh, I don't think the whole bunch gets enough credit. And again, he's won all these races because he knows where to spot horses. Well, he does, and when you've got this many horses as he does, you have to have a fantastic staff. Yeah, because they're with. There's no way he can be with those horses 
enough to make a tremendous amount of difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's with Clarier. He's not with Clarier every day. Right. More than likely. And, uh, you know, his, his assistant trainers, as we know, you and I know, are they're great. He's got a fantastic staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I'd ever argue with what Asmussen does. You know? No. No, absolutely not. So, I, and again, let's just go to the Met Mile, and you're going to see why he wasn't in it. And it was a smart decision not to be in it because he would have got beat. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah let's... Met Mile here. This was the race of the day. We'll go to it now. Flight line. Here we go. He's the rail horse. And this got wild right off the bat. This was so much fun yep. to watch. Um, so they ever get, so he breaks, he breaks slow, which he does. Speaker's mm-hmm. corner of the two horse is going to try to get the lead. Now flatline says no. And then look at that speaker's corner cuts him off. So Flavian's in third and he's like, okay, well, let's go try to get that rail again and get up to the front where flatline mm-hmm. is supposed to be. And speaker's corner going to cut him off again. This was really good race riding by junior Alvarado. He said, no, you're I've got the lead. You're not getting the rail. Let's make it hard on the horse. Yep. And unfortunately, it didn't make it too hard. So now Flavian says, okay, fine. We're going to switch to the outside now. And we're just going to sit right off. And my horse can do this. I'm not worried about it. So um, he sits and you can see he's very relaxed the whole time. And then this is where it's time to go. And watch Flavian here. He just kind of hand rides him up there. And at this point, you're like, oh, speaker's corner. You're in big trouble. (laughs) You're in big trouble. And this is where you're a jockey and you go, man, this is. This is easy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So he comes know. in, and then we're just like, oh, my God. Watch yeah. this horse. And what we thought would happen would happen. He passed him, and Speaker's Corner was like, what the hell? Yeah. happened? <laughs> well, this he kind of got yeah. dazed and confused and kind of yeah. quit a little bit. Yeah. Well, so here's it doesn't happen thing. very often. No, he doesn't get passed very often. And when he did, like I said, he was done. Look at this monster just stride home. My goodness. Yeah, and I don't think he asked him to do much. You know. No, let's let's rewind at the top of the stretch. Like I said, he just kind of gave him a little cue to go get him. Yeah. And, and then boom, right here he's already ahead. So now it's just let's cruise him home here. Uh, I guess you do kind of have to worry. The happy saver making a nice little move. I think Flavian maybe takes a peek back at some point. I don't think he ever hit him. No, look at him. He's just hand riding him now. Just making sure, you know, keep him interested. Mm -hmm. You know, he's after him a little bit with the hands, but there's nothing to it. And I think, think, yeah, Flavian takes a peek to the left at the board and says, oh, he's fine. And we'll just look. (laughs) He looked at the board like three times just to make sure. Okay. I think he thought he was dreaming there for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, this was awesome. That was a great race or a great run by him. Mm Mm-hmm. And boy, is he going to be fun to watch for the rest of the year? Uh, yes, yes, he's going to be fun. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, Curtis says Pacific Classic or Whitney next for Flightline, so they're going to stretch him out in distance. So they're going to put him at a mile and sixteenth. Uh, this this will either be a mile and an eighth or a mile and a quarter. Um, now, mile and an eighth, you're going to face better horses in the Whitney. Mile and a quarter, a little bit longer distance, you're going to face worse horses in the Pacific Classic. I mean, I think he wins every either one. Um, I think he stretches out just fine. You saw it. 
he really didn't exert much energy in this. No, no, not at all. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what he does when they stretch him out. But like I say, there's no reason to think he won't do it. Because look at him go here. <laughs> I know. It, it was it was really breathtaking, for sure. Um, It's, yeah, this was just really something. Did you see the head-on Super Mario says, Dirty Ride by Junior, talking about Junior Alvarado. He made it tough on him. He never, he never made contact with him. He made it tough on him. He was riding a horse that he didn't think could beat that horse. I don't have a problem with it. I think that's how you need to do it. Now, if he comes on and makes it and hits him, that's a different story. But he, he safely made it tough on Flightline. Yep. And, and Flightline got out of the gate poorly. Everything. He had every excuse in the world. And look what happened. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, that's, it was crazy. That's a great. Uh, yeah. He's a, he's a great horse. We'll see what happens next with him. I, I mean, with him, he's obviously pretty fragile. He's very lightly raised. So who yeah. knows? You know, you just have to hope he stays healthy is what I'm getting mad at. You know, that's so it didn't bother you uh, when you were handicapping that he hadn't run in a long time. No, no, not at all. Um, you looked at his workout pattern and it was just ridiculous. Um, and he's just he has an abundance of talent and he, he's kind of like Matoli. And Jared said, I'll give Jared credit for this. Uh, he said it. When Matoli enters a race, just pick him. He'll win. You know, that was Jared's thoughts on Matoli. And that's kind of how we are with Flightline. It's just like yeah. when he's in there, pick him. Who knows when we'll what is his um, physical problems? Uh, they've never really come out and said it's just kind of hey, you know, he's got something wrong with him. You don't have a horse this good and you don't run him very Absolutely. often. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's four for four. He hasn't even been challenged and Coming into the race, and I see some people saying, how did anybody think Speaker's Corner could win? Well, coming into the race, this was the best horse in training in the country, and he just made him look terrible. Yeah. Well, Speaker's Corner had had won three in a row this year, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Flight hadn't won since December, I think it was. Right, yes. Yeah. So logic would say Speaker's Corner had a chance to win, I would think. Mm-hmm. And like I said, man, he just blew his butt away, I'll tell you. Yeah. Dennis believes it's feet, and he runs uh, himself too hard in the morning. Well, yeah, because in the morning, he he runs kind of like a race. Like, if you look at his workout times, it's ridiculous. And so yeah. that could be a little bit – could be quarter crack issues. That could be as well. It's just speculating. I have no idea. Yeah. They're uh, pretty mum about that. All right. Let's uh, turn our attention to the three-year-olds, Papa Dude. All right. You wanted to talk about this horse, Jack Christopher. Not much to talk about here. Just let him run. <laughs> yeah, here we go. We'll, we'll let the replay run here. Jack Christopher owned this horse of the Fantasy League. It's a bummer he wasn't healthy during the, the bulk of this Triple Crown season. He He's a really, really, really nice horse. All right, let's watch him break here. Great break out of the gate. That was the good news. And then Magic's horse for Rocketeer is going to go out and actually take the lead. Were you impressed that Jack Christopher just sat behind him like that? Yeah, yeah, he knew he had him. Yeah, it did kind of feel like that. It's just like, okay, just tip well, him he out. The number, sorry, Magic. He looked at the number and said, okay, I don't have to worry about that one. <laughs> There's oh, no doubt. I didn't mean that as a joke either. I mean, well, actually, when you look at the odds, there weren't any he really was worried about, I don't think. But, you know, I think he knew that he could get that horse. Yeah. 
I don't. I think Jack and Jack Christopher both his races this year. They kind of rode him as such, just like, yeah, we're good. Like he's in a race of his his own, and y'all can do whatever you want. Right. He's just kind of out there by himself. And as, so, he, as soon as he wants to go, it's over. So yeah, and similar to Flightline, not comparing the two. I think Flightline's obviously a better horse, but similar to him, just totally takes control, peak back, hand ride, awesome. Yeah. You might say he might have been more impressive, really. When you, I mean, you can't say he was more impressive, but he's yeah. pretty, look at him. Just look at that. <laughs> That's what you call putting away a field right there. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's replay that because that is really Either amazing. He, now, did you see right there? He turned around to yeah. see, well, shit, there ain't nothing behind me. It's over. Right here. He's like a couple links ahead. He goes, ah, we'll ask him once or twice with the yeah. hands. Bye. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> that's separation how win, jack how bad do you want to win it's, yeah. up, to, it's up to you big boy Go. wow so will they keep him at this distance yeah good good thing to bring up next that's what i was going to bring up led me right to it he will stretch out uh he will go to the haskell next that is the goal at a mile and an eighth so we'll see okay, I, okay. Is there just are they doing this because there aren't a lot of high paying races for those distances coming up? Is that a reason they're doing this? Or that why would they is that well, what I mean that's you want to win the two turn races? The most prestigious races are two turns. The Haskell's a million, and if he wins that one and he looks good doing that, he'll go on to the Travers, which is 1.5. And so those those are what you want. Right. I think you go to the Haskell for two reasons. If he doesn't, uh, first, I think it's a good place to test. So the Haskell is first before yes. Travers, right? Yeah. So, yes. And so you test him there. And if he doesn't run well, you can go to the Allen Jerkins on Travers Day at seven furlongs, and it's pretty much a paid workout again. And if he does do well, then you go to the Travers itself. So okay, th that's that's kind of the thought process. Okay. Again, uh, yeah, he now, certainly. Uh, do we see this a lot? When it's impressive, do they stretch them out like this? I mean, not all of them, but let's see. Think of Jackie's Warrior last year. They tried him in the Southwest before they, you know, they went the other way though. He started out running distance. Yeah, right? I mean, he running a mile, mile and sixteenth. He got beat at a mile and sixteenth at the Breeders' Cup. They tried him again. It's just. The prestige is too much not to try it. Right. So for breeding purposes, you want to win yeah. these big time. I, I got you. So that's yeah. basically what it's about. And they'll try him, try him and flight line at the longer distance. And if they don't do very well, then they'll get them back. Right? Yep. Exactly. So I'll, I'll put this over here one more time. We'll talk. Well, I missed it. Oh, well. Um, I'll go ahead and cue up the Belmont here. Uh, so here's the deal. Flightline has a pedigree that says he can run all day. So okay. there's less concern. This horse really does not have a distance pedigree. However, okay. and Mike Samich pointed this out, and I was quick to agree, it's good that he can relax early in the race. Yeah. He's not just the one that's going to go like Jackie, who just goes as fast as he can for 99% of the race. Well, that's not going to stretch out very well. He's going to get tired the longer he goes. This horse can really relax early. That gives him a chance. But 
Can he do it? We won't know until he tries. Right, another question. Then. Okay. If Flightline has pedigree to run distance, why hadn't he done it? And that's my speculation is back to the, he's got some problems. Okay. Got some injury issues and they, they're just, they're struggling to keep him healthy and they just kind of want to get as many races maybe out of him they can. And it's, it's, it's easier on him to run the shorter distances. So that, that would be we'll lucky. Jalen thinks uh, Jack Christopher wants nine or 10 furlongs and he thinks Flightline wants eight or eight and a half, which is a mile or a mile and 70, basically uh, max. So that's interesting. We shall um, see. We, we shall see. And I, I, I told, I, I said it on the live stream. You, it's all speculation until they try it. You just never know. We can sit and say, oh, he'll do it. He'll definitely, you just never know until they try it. Nope. That, that's what we'll have to see. Um, and see what you, happens. They have to try it because they need that prestigious race under their belts. For the older ones, for sure, that it gets really lucrative. Uh, there's still some sprint races if if it doesn't work out for Jackie, but or, or for, excuse me for Jack Christopher. Um, so we'll see. All right, let's go on to the Belmont, and then we'll kind of talk about the three-year-olds in general and get out of here. All right, Belmont Stakes. Bankroll articles up fifty-seven dollars, so we're feeling pretty good after being way behind. We've got a $50 win bet on Mo Donegal to end this bankroll. So if we win, if Mo Donegal wins, I should say, we're going to make $187 profit for the bankroll guide, uh, article guide, in the, in the guide. If we lose, we're going to make $7. So it's a big race. So it's a big race. Now, uh, did you pick him in the uh, picks that we all made? Was he yeah. your Okay. Yes. Obviously, I didn't look at it too close. I, yeah. I knew you were debating. So you ended up settling with Mo Donegal as yes. your as your pick. Okay. Yes. So the bankroll article is Jared and I's thoughts together. Exactly. And it always makes it easier when we have the same horse picked on top because it's just, sure. okay. That's a win bet if we're feeling good about it. And we both had Mo Donegal and we both were, you know, excited about him. Um, real quick before I play it, this is kind of where an experience on the triple crown trail kind of came into play for me for maybe the first time uh, strongly. I really didn't like this horse in, in the early part of the year. And I think the old me, even though he won the wood, I kind of would have ignored it. And I said, see, look, he was fifth in the Derby and I don't think he's that good, but I just kept watching the wood and watching him run down early voting with when early voting had an easy lead and early voting comes back and wins the Preakness. And I just kind of thought, you know, I think maybe I had this horse wrong. Yeah. And I think this horse is pretty darn good. And so you get to the spot in the Belmont where he just made a lot of sense. So uh, it was nice to kind of see him validate that, yeah, he is really, really, really good. So we'll play it here. Uh, we'll take a look at it. By the way, Nest, out of the gate, the three-horse stumbles. She ran a hell of a race because yeah. many horses would have been screwed in this situation. Look at this. She recovers. Mm -hmm. Good ride with a jock here to get her in position. And she's in a decent spot as they hit the turn. So it was a good job by the jock. Mm -hmm. um, and there so goes we the people like we thought. Yeah, we the people out to the front. And it's Skippy Longstocking. I'll give a shout out to Joseph. Uh, he was here earlier, but he had to leave. Uh, Joseph loves Skippy Longstocking. Boy, he ran a good race, didn't he? He did. He did. Surprised me. Now, the first thing we're going to notice, and I'm sure you guys discussed it a lot, is when we get to the half mile, 
the pace is slow. Yeah. So let's, let's, I'm going to freeze it when we get to that half mile. I wanted to anyway, and you said it. So that's good. We're, we're in sync tonight, even though we didn't rehearse any of this. There we go. So I'll stop at the half mile. There it is. Yep. And we talked about this uh, yep. at length on the live stream and on our show. We, the people needed, if, when he got to the half mile pole, he needed to be well clear of those closers like Mo Donegal. Uh, we even threw in Rich Strike, creative minister. Let's look at it here. What is he? He's probably about three links ahead of Mo Donegal at this point. Yes. So Mo Donegal was able to sit a lot closer. And that is something Jared and I, especially in Mike Samich as well, harped and harped on. If they can just get him a little bit of early speed, sit mid-pack instead of dead last, where the derby winner Rich Strike is, is where Mo Donegal really usually is. I felt very, very good at this moment that, oh, he's in position. Right. And Rich Strike is back way too far. He's back too far. It, they they said take him off the rail today, and supposedly he hated not being on the rail. Um, so, you know, that is what it is. We the people, and look at this, Skippy Longstocking right up there with him. So he, he went there and ran hard. You better yeah. believe it. And look at Ness taking dirt, you know, not yeah. really settled and still she's going to, you're going to watch her make a nice run. Mo Donegal, man, I just perfect. He was going to win. You thought Ness was? I thought there for a minute she might. I did too. I did too. I was worried uh, down the stretch, uh, not at the top, but at the stretch. So yeah. you see it you see it here and Mo Donegal's just buying his time. Really patient ride from an experienced rider at Belmont Park uh, and, and I ride here. So he's just, he's just buying his time. Skippy, look at this is really important. I'll stop it here. Skippy's hounded him. Skippy's up there trying to trying to, you know, win the race, basically. He's making his move. And I think this got to we the people a little bit. Well, Jared made the comment on our last show that this horse was going to have to prove himself. Mm -hmm. And he 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 didn't. You know, no. he had every chance to win the race. It played out exactly how everybody thought it would. But he wasn't good enough. He just simply wasn't. So I'll pause it there. Top of the stretch, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, oh, baby, we're going to win this thing by 10. Like, this is awesome. They just – he had just uh, – let me see if I can rewind it just a bit here. Uh, about right here. Right there was the first time he really asked him to run. This is at the top of the stretch. And all of a sudden, Mo Donegal, who at the top of the stretch is usually back here in fourth or fifth, four or five behind, he's at the front – and that's yeah. why this ride and, and the trip was just perfect for him. So now I'm thinking we're great. But then, like you said, here's Nest, the three-horse yes. out here. She's clear, and she's got a shot. Yep. I thought she was going to win that thing and make me look like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and so there she goes. She ducks into the inside here. Boy, she's really, really smooth and strong, but just could oh. not handle no. O'Donnell. Just couldn't catch him. Um, a, a couple of uh, – the comment here um, – well, you're talking about the uh, – she's talking about uh, Secret Oath and Nest. Uh, Nest probably should have won in the Oaks, but she kind of got stuck. If you watch this race, if the rail opens up – let's move it back here. If the rail would have opened up for Nest, she may have won or at least made it close again here. So watch this. She's on the rail. We the people is going to start to back up. If somehow she gets through and saves the ground – Modonagal doesn't get the jump on her, and it's going to get close. Yeah. So you watch right here, just know where to go, and okay, now I'm going to have to go out. And, and he's already made his move, and now he's ahead of her. Yeah, and it's over. He's got the forward momentum, and she can't catch him. 
Yeah, and it's tough. She loses momentum. She has to go wide, and now she levels out, and she's starting to run, but he's too far ahead of her by this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good horse. Yeah, I think both these horses are good, yep. and I've got to give them a lot of credit. Modonagal, fantastic race. Nest, fantastic race. And, you know, we the people, he wasn't, wasn't great. Um, he did get fourth. Give him credit for that, but he wasn't great in that race. No. He just simply wasn't good enough. You know, yeah. he's not. So we found out. Dennis says it's almost like Mo Donegal might have gotten lost on the lead and didn't know what to do once he got it. Or am I crazy? Maybe. Because he'd never been ahead that early in a race. So yeah. that's possible. Um, uh, Gabe says, and I agree, Gabe, if the rail opens up, it's authentic and Swiss skydiver. And if you remember that whole stretch, they kind of battled. Yeah, it may have been. They well, may have really battled it out to the we'll end. Get on there and let's see when uh, Ness needs the rail. Let's see where she's at in regard to Mo Donegal one more time here. Yeah, because she's ahead right at the moment. I'm kind of freeze frame it too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ness has the jump on him. Yep, she's got about a length lead. And so yep. the narrative right now is, okay, Modonagle's going to have to run down Nest if you just look at these two horses. Right. Um, but he's gaining a little. Now she's, think, she's lengthened it back out to about a, about a length yeah. again. Look at it. He, the jock peeks over thinking, okay, I'm going to have to get out at some point. Shit, I can't right now. Modonagle's got me. Yep. And so he's still going to kind of have her. He didn't really pin her, but he's got her to where she didn't have any place to go but the inside. How about if we changed it to where Nest is where Modonical is and Modonical's where Nest is? It I certainly think may have been a, a different story. I still think Modonical had a little bit more down the lane, but you could change the dynamics of this race and it would have got really interesting. Yeah. So look, he picked, oh gosh, he, this is so good to watch this yeah. uh, a few times because you see a whole lot of different stuff. He peeks over again right there he's like oh shit i still can't get out <laughs> paraphrasing what he may have been saying and uh yeah, so he's thinking yeah he still can't and it's oh, like he, well he was saying it like this oh shit i can't yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> so now it's like well damn it I, that horse made a move on me and so now i've gotta i'm done yeah and it's it's gonna be super hard but you watch you watch ness suck these other two under i mean that oh, yeah it's a pretty good run right there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then just gallops out. Uh, the Derby winner, Rich Strike, it's sixth in the spot. Uh, just really never picked up his feet much. Uh, we'll rewind it back. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's just start it right here. He's the he's the one in last. You can see they're really riding this horse hard. Try to get him going. And he kind of starts to go here. Um, you know, gets by Barber Road. And uh, I think that may be a little early. They're about mid-stretch here. There was a point where it looked like he may run up for maybe third or fourth. Maybe yeah. it's right here. Yeah, here he comes. Yeah, he's, you know, Barbara Road's on the rail, and he's starting to come a little bit, and then that's it. This doesn't get any, he, he can't get any closer. He doesn't have it. So. Well, that so is, yeah. Him is, uh, do we forget him now? Or do we say the distance didn't fit him? Or what do we do with him now? Yeah. It's a hard one to it's a hard one to guess, isn't it? Well, let's I'll just play this over again while we talk about that. Uh yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> truth exposed. I, why'd you bring that up? So she she was watching the live stream like many of you were, and I was I was concerned that because I, I was doing this on the stream because yeah. it, it was such a patient ride. Uh, truth exposed, and I was just like, oh, "Come on, you need that. You just need that." I wasn't really worried that he wasn't going to fire. It's just like, ask him already. And, you know, I think that just shows uh, an experienced Belmont rider. You know, I read knew what to do M much better than this idiot sitting here in his, his office. So yeah, that was a, uh, I know that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I know I needed to chill out. He's good. He's going to come. I know. I know. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the three-year-old division. Uh, we'll start with the Phillies real quick because we had a question. Uh, Secret Oath beat Nest. Yep. Secret Oath didn't run as well in the Preakness as Nest ran in the Belmont. Who do True. you think the best three-year-old Philly is? Nest right to, to me in this one. You think it's Nest at this moment? I do. Uh, I think so. Are we are we forgetting Echo Zulu? Well, she lost to both these horses, and she didn't get to run Saturday. So. I don't think she could be, be number one at this point. No, no, but you have you you've still got to throw her in as a threat, right? Yeah, yeah. I think she is a threat. Um, a one that won that race. The the Matera, I, uh, I think, or, or Matareya, I think she's probably third behind Nest and Secret Oath. Okay, uh, and with a chance to move up, depending on what she does this summer. Oh, I'm thinking this is a pretty strong group. What do I you think, think it's yeah. They're I pretty talented. They're pretty talented. Yeah. We got two Phillies running in a triple crown races. That's mm -hmm. pretty so I think it's a pretty pretty strong field right there. Pretty strong group. So, so I'm gonna do divisional rankings probably tomorrow and uh, magically either have that out tomorrow or Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, but look for it on the on the YouTube page uh, this week. And I have to rank as of right now, based on what they've done. I have to rank Secret Oath first, mm -hmm. but I think Nest will end up being first, and I'm going to make that very clear on the video as well. I think Nest is the better of the two, but I think Secret Oath. Yes, I know there was excuses for Nest, but Secret Oath won the biggest race for three-year-olds so far. So she's earned number one spot as of now. But let's just see uh, how it shakes out. I think Nest is definitely the most probable number one contender. Well, we're going to see him again. That's for sure. Well, what do you make of these males? We had three different triple crown race winners. We had the craziness of rich strike. We had an incredible performance by early voting. We had a really nice performance by Mo Donegal. Did rich strike cross the finish line yet? <laughs> yeah, he just did. Uh, we had a crazy good performance by Mo Donegal. Mm -hmm. We've got Epicenter, who ran second in two of the races. Mm -hmm. You got Zandon, who's going to be sitting there pretty lightly raced coming into the summer. You got Jack Christopher, who uh, is going to stretch out and could be a factor in this. You got Taba and Messier. Bobby Baffert's coming back in 21 days. We'll see if he can get those horses going. To me, we've got a fun summer ahead. These horses are pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, we've either got a bunch of dogs that are just average, right? But competitive, but average, yeah, could be. Yeah. Or, or we've got a bunch of good ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think everybody, as Joe's saying here, I think everybody is forgetting Epicenter. Yeah. And he did run second twice, but he didn't win. And and I think that's a question mark, don't you? 
-hmm. He could have won them both, and he didn't. So how much does Rich Strike's failure in the Belmont hurt Epicenter's status? To me, it hurts it, and you didn't have any excuse on Derby Day. You should have won that race, right? Won that race, and he didn't. He didn't uh, win it. No. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the time off, I think, is going to help him. I think, I think he needed a break. So his next race is very important to try to figure him out. And he'll be in the Haskell probably, right? In there I would think. Yeah, so we're going to find out pretty soon on him. Um, so Zandon's another one. I kind of forgot about him. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. He's going to get better. Uh, golly, you're going to have to rank these? That's going to be tough. That is really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I would go with this horse right here, uh, Mo Donegal, as my number one. But again, that's the last one we've seen. You know what I mean? We have a tendency to do that in horse racing a lot. We picked the one we just saw win. I okay. can't go with Jack Christopher yet because I got to see if he can get the distance. So, I, yeah, you can't put him number one. I agree. Um, here's my justification for I'm going to have Mo Donegal number one. Here's why. He beat the Preakness winner, fair and square. Yes. He beat the Derby winner in the Belmont. Yes. So I have Mo Donegal number one because of that. And he did win the race. It's the toughest to win, right? The, well, thank Belmont. Of course, the field wasn't the same. I still Derby's the toughest, but. Yeah, I mean, it's they're all hard to win. I think the Derby's a little bit tougher, but uh, yeah. I mean, Listen, I got Mo Donegal one, Jack Christopher two. Really? Uh, yeah, I think he's pretty damn good. And I think if he romps into Haskell, he's got a great shot to be number one. Well, no doubt. Oh, okay, here's the deal. All of these horses have a have a shot to be number one by the end of this. So I'm going to mention Mo Donegal. He's, he's number one going into the summer. If he wins the Travers, he's got a great shot at it. You've got uh, you've got Jack Christopher. If he stretches out, he's got a great shot. Let's yep. not forget, Jack Christopher's never been beat, never been close to being beat. Um, early voting. He won the Preakness. If he can win one of the big races, he's got a great shot at it. I'll have him third. Um, you know, I'll probably epicenter maybe fourth, uh, even though he didn't win one of the three Triple Crown races. If he can go out and win a Haskell, win a Travers, he'll be number one. Um, and then I'd probably – I probably, I mean, the Derby's still something, so maybe put Rich Strike in fifth. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in him going forward, but – He's he's a Travers win away from being back ranked number one, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think he's winning that race. How long is it till the Haskell? The Haskell is oh boy, just look this up. Third weekend in July. Let me see. Hold on. Let me look it up. I uh, just looked it up for Jared. Uh, let's we'll see. About five weeks. The Haskell is July twenty third. Oh, so we got plenty of time. I started. And then- Hey, are there any of these horses we're talking about that won't run in the Haskells? We got to figure out who's going to be in it. Of course, we don't know that right now. But um, we, the Haskell right now, I believe they've mentioned Epicenter, they've mentioned Jack Christopher, and they've mentioned maybe that one of the one of the Baffert horses uh, so far. I don't think we thought that Epicenter will run. I, I mean, that's normal. Yes. I, I, well. 
The other deal is, so here's the deal. You could go to the Haskell. A week later is the Jim Dandy. Um, and so that is a race that you could prep for Saratoga for the Travers. And then July, uh, August 27th is the Travers. So that's the three uh, kind of key dates to, to kind of keep in mind. And it's just a matter of where they kind of fall. Right. Um, and, and you also have the Ohio Derby. Uh, right. The Iowa Derby, the Indiana Derby, could, and the West Virginia Derby. Could you see – I can see Rich Stride going down to try to win those. Well – I think it would make sense, but they said he's going to the Travers. He's going to train up to the Travers. I don't know what I would do that if I was them, but they don't want it. They know more about it than I do. So, do they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would not send him there. Do you? I would. That wouldn't be my like. Just that's my next race. Period. I would try to put him somewhere in between that one and the Travers just to see what he does. Yeah. Here's the thing. If I was the owner of that horse, you've won the biggest damn race in the country, right? Why don't you go win a couple of others? But I guess they don't think like that. Or maybe they're thinking they can't win the others, so let's go try to finish third in the Travers, maybe. I just kind of think they don't really know what to do. Um, I, I thought it was interesting – uh, I came down after the live stream and Heather goes, uh, did you hear Rich Strike's trainer? And I said, I, is he the trainer or the owner? And I said, no, I didn't. We don't have the television feed up, you know, because we're doing the, you can't listen to that and do the stream. And uh, I was like, no. And he says, well, he said he, he it's it's all his fault. And I said, well, how? And he said, well, he told him, don't, don't go on the rail today. Hmm. And I thought, well, why would you? Because I went back and watched all of his races. He never leaves the rail in almost all of his races. And when he does leave it, it's just to pass a horse that's on it real quick. And they go right back to it. It's like, he just won the derby. Like, why would you tell him not to go on the rail? So does he know more than you? <laughs> well, I have to assume he does. <laughs> I have to assume he does. Uh, if we're talking about the owner, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, but uh, he didn't strike me as being real honest. But anyhow, uh, I don't know. If it was me, of course, I like to win, you know. Yeah. And I I don't know. I'd have to look at who's going to be in the Haskell and all that stuff. But I would have took him to the Preakness, period. I don't care what the plan was, blah, have, blah, blah. I would have, too. I would have thought that would have been an easier race for him to win. but Yeah. And then if he doesn't run around well the Preakness, then you've got more time to regroup, and maybe you can get a yeah. race if you want the Travers. Listen, if yeah. I had a horse remotely good enough to run in the Travers, he'd run there because it's Saratoga, and that's where I'd want to run. Um, yeah. But if I was the owner and the trainer – that had never been to the Kentucky Derby, won the damn thing. And I had a horse that was in the running for the Triple Crown. I would have taken him to the Preakness because I'm probably never going to have that opportunity again. Absolutely. That would have been my thing. Well, it was kind of, uh, for this handicapper at least, it was kind of uh, nice to have him not run that well after everybody said how dumb I am for five weeks. I didn't have an 80 to one shot that had a 64 buyer on the dirt before uh, the derby. So 
<laughs> kind of nice he didn't run well. And it was definitely no. even more nice to have the winner of that one. No. And I think the We the People group, which when I saw the odds at five to one, I would have had to bet some money on him, I think. I think he went down to nine to two, didn't he? Or maybe four to one. Uh final odds, I believe. Yeah, he went down long, to four to one. Long speed, five to one. I mean, I wouldn't have put a lot of money on him, but I think it might have been worth it. You know, it would have been it would have been tempting to do it. Yeah, and I get I get why people bet we the uh, why people bet we the people. I totally understand it. You 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 handicap that race, and you certainly say, well, gosh, he's got a pace advantage. And I'll tell you what, I, and I'm not sitting here bragging. I had him in thirds, and I I played him in a pick four to pick five. So I'm not saying, you know, yeah, I wasn't afraid of him. I'm just saying, when I sat down and really thought about it, I I just couldn't pull the trigger of playing him to win because it's just like. I don't think he's classy enough and you've got to have a lot of class unless you're rich strike to win this race or to win one of these big three races. And I just, just like, it's just a little too much, a little too soon. He shit the bed in the Arkansas Derby. He did. And you can't forget that. No. And I just thought, yeah, somebody will write him down, you know, and it, it happened, but I, I don't, Joe hated we, the people. Yeah. I, it's hard to pick that horse when he just hadn't done enough. And you look at that Peter Pan, it's like, oh, that was a brutally bad field, you know? And so for a wet track, it's just like, yeah, I, I can't do it. And, and, and truth exposed, you, you pointed that out in the morning or, well, early afternoon. You didn't think he was really conditioned for it, you know? You wasn't really pointing for it until he won the Peter Pan. So just couldn't do it. Couldn't pull the trigger on him, and thank God I didn't because I would have felt awful. If he wasn't alone speed... He wouldn't have got much attention, I don't think. So my advice, this is just overall advice that I've kind of learned. If it's if it's a setup and it's loan speed, and that loan speed is is proven and, and pretty good, like a Tribuvon, for example. Yeah. Sure, he has races where he doesn't run well. But if you handicap that and you see loan speed and you look at it, it's like, well, he has won a grade one. He did finish second in this race last year. I'll give it a shot, but when it's a lone speed and they, and that's the, I guess what I'm saying is if it's the lone speed and that's the absolute only reason you're picking the horses because it's the lone speed, a lot of times that doesn't come through. You right. need to have, okay, yeah, he's lone speed and I think he's a decent horse, right? Exactly. And I, I just didn't know about we the people. So hadn't done enough. He just hadn't. No, he hadn't. He hadn't. Nope. So, all yeah. right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up here. I think we've done enough. Uh, Dennis asked, and I think the people want to know. Uh, no, that's the wrong one. Let me see if I can find it here. Papa Dude, how is the driving school going? Driver's Ed, how's it going? Well, mixed bag here. <clears throat> I have a nice bunch of kids. Yeah. Okay, that's the first thing you want. Sure. You want a nice bunch of kids. Now, we've only done it for two weeks, so they could change on you beginning uh, Tuesday. I don't drive on Mondays. I have a nice bunch of kids that um, are easy to talk to. You know, when you go out in groups of two and you're out for two hours, if you got some kids that won't talk, that's a long two hours. So that part of it is good. But I have 21 students, and seven of them have never driven, ever. Mm. That's a third, a third of them. So 
I'm bound to have a Lulu every day. I don't have a day when I don't have. Uh, so we've had some interesting uh, things. Um, we we haven't had any real close calls yet. We almost went through a gate into a field uh, missing a curve, but luckily these all these things happen when you're out in the boondocks. Yeah. Uh, but kids are, some of them are getting better. Uh, like I say, we haven't had any close calls yet uh, so far. But uh, overall, it's been kind of fun because the kids have been pretty good. So they have a tendency, though, the farther we go along, of changing <laughs> sometimes when they're terrible drivers they're they're very nervous and they're very quiet and then when they start getting a little bit of confidence and they think they're getting a little better then all hell breaks loose but uh, remember the girl i told you about i think i told last week that didn't know how to turn the car yes yes um so i had her this week okay so I got the bright idea. I was going to get a good driver because there's those two, that two, some, neither one of them, they're, they're terrible. Right. So I, I got a girl who I know pretty well and I can trust and she drives pretty well. And I said, Hey, would you go out with them? Mm -hmm. And she goes, can they drive? <laughs> and, and I like her. So I said, no, they're God awful. And she goes, well, it might be kind of fun. I said, no, it won't. It won't be fun. <laughs> no, it won't be fun. <laughs> Well, she goes, I don't want to sit. She's a teacher's aide up there in the summer. She goes, I don't want to sit. I get so bored. I'll go. I said, okay, because I need somebody that can drive a little bit. So she gets in. She drives us over to the parking lot at the football field to go around in circles again. So the girl that can't turn, we're driving over there, and she goes, I'm going to do better today. And I said, oh, really? Have you been practicing? Oh, but I went out with my mom and I watched her turn the car. Okay. I understand how you turn the steering wheel. So well, wonderful. So she goes over to the football field. We go around three times. She's perfect. Absolutely perfect. I said, What in the hell has happened to you? I don't know. Long story short, she gets we get on out of town there a little bit. And we get out in on a on the outer road to the interstate. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. It's straight for the most part. Uh-huh. Going down there 55 miles an hour, and she's keeping it straight. So you got it. Improvement, yeah, but when she had to turn off that road onto another, that was a different story. But she did improve. So um, I got high hopes for her. Baby steps. Yeah. Taking baby steps. We're talking yeah. about a person that couldn't turn a car, and now she's turning cars. So. Yeah, I was very proud of her. I've switched up a couple of groups that's helped uh, some of them. They were in with a person that could drive, and they made them nervous a little bit because they laughed at them in the back seat. I've switched them around. That's helped. And so um, almost every – oh, one other one. Got one. Got another kid. Don't know him at all. Uh, so the first time he drove – he was he wasn't very good, but he was okay. He was he, for a first timer. Well, this time it was god awful. He was terrible. He took over Aaron over to uh, one seventy four. You know where that is? Uh -huh. Off on a back road around between Mount Vernon and Chesapeake. We were 
yep. thrashing around. So we come around a curve, and about 30 yards down in the middle of the road is the biggest deer you've ever seen. Oh, boy. I said, that deer down there, there probably will be two or three more, so be ready. And he goes, what deer? I said, that deer down there in the middle of the road. He couldn't see the deer. And I said, you can't see that deer? Oh, now my glasses. Oh, God. He can't drive. He can't freaking see. His glasses are broken. Oh, God. So I said, you've been driving now twice without your glasses, and you didn't tell me? Oh, <laughs> not good. Not good. <laughs> oh, he said, well, I'm supposed to get them later today, some new ones. I broke the others. I said, well, now you aren't driving again So until you get your your glasses because you can't see. So I went down and checked on him the next day to see if he had his glasses. He's down in another room. He's in a computer lab. He's got the keyboard up like this, trying to read the freaking uh, keyboard. Wow. So he's not driving. Anyway, that's that. So uh, tell him about your kitten. Oh, yeah. Ch uh, Joe Chadbourne asked, uh, thanks for asking Joe about the kitten. How is the kitten? Great. Uh, crazy. She's wild. Absolutely wild, crazy kitten running all over the place, having a great time, feeling fantastic, feeling so, so good. Uh, boy, what a difference a week's, week makes. We found her last Sunday night. And she was looking pitiful. And honestly, we took her to the vet Monday and it's like, I don't, you know, there may be something bad wrong with her. I don't know. Shit. She's fine. She's fine. Yeah, she's, she's great. All kinds of toys, all kinds of, uh, you know, just everything we've got. We've got every, she's got a great setup. Uh, introduced her to the dog today. Okay. What did Philly do? Philly seemed to like the kitten. You got to be kidding. No, she wagged her tail and she kind of went it over, went try to go over to see her. Uh, the kitten hissed very oh. loud, um, but the kitten kind of just ignored her after that. They coexisted okay. We kept an eye on them. Um, I think Philly would would love the cat. I do think kitten would annoy Philly quite a bit. Philly's thirteen years old, and um, I think kitten pounces on anything that moves right now and so i'm afraid she would pounce well, on philly not gonna like that no 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 so philly is the most awesome dog ever the most yeah. sly dog i've ever seen the quietest dog ever big old labrador type dog yeah don't even know she's in the house ever no. and i don't and philly likes to get off in her little corner and snooze 22 hours out of 24 a day yes. yeah the cats go over there and pouncing on her or swatting at her, I don't think Philly's going to lie. But, you know, one bark and that cat may – they have a way of coexisting. I think they would. I think they would just fine. Uh, but, no, the cat's doing great. Uh, the only problem, and, again, she has surgery on Wednesday, literally her whole bottom lip is just kind of gone. Um, yeah, coming up, oh, so I'm anxious to see her. Supposedly they 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 said they could just reattach what she has, pull it up. Um, yeah, you wouldn't even really know it, but when she puts her head up, it's just raw. It was um, a big bunch of the lip. I mean, it's not huge. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a lip anyway. A uh, lip anyway. That is. It's a yeah, but it's a big chunk <laughs> of it. And when we first got her, it was like it was cut and it was bleeding. And now they put her on antibiotics. She's 
I she can live with it. But. That would be a, she'll. I think that would be a little painful for a day or so. I would think yeah. you'd have a little trouble eating. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. She didn't really seem like she would have trouble eating, but they said she would make sure she. They said make sure she doesn't like go crazy and run around. And it's like, oh my god, this cat! Like <laughs> she's out of control. So, <laughs> but anyway, kitten's doing good. Um, see what happens on Wednesday. So yeah. Quick mention, real quick, uh, and you and I probably ought to do a video maybe of this later on. We have the Stanley Cup Finals uh, starts Wednesday. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a hell of a series. I really think it is. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay going for their third straight Stanley Cup against the Avalanche. I think Tampa Bay, I would not, I would not have said this a week ago. I think they might win this thing. I, I just kind of think they might. I wouldn't bet against them. They are so tough. And then who in the world's going to win that NBA thing? That is really interesting. Yeah, 2-2 two, two going back. I think the Warriors are going to do it, but I wouldn't, wouldn't bet I, a lot on that one. That one's well, wide open. It is, and, and, and Boston has fooled us both. Yeah. They are a lot better than we thought. And yep. they're taking advantage of Golden State's weakness inside. And uh, uh, it'd be three to one if Steph hadn't got out of his mind, uh, whatever, Friday night. My God, he was unbelievable uh, Friday night. So game five's the key. If, if Golden State loses, I don't think they're winning. I, I think you're right. I think, if, yeah, if the Celtics win game five, they're going to win that thing. I think they are sure. too. But, you know, every time we get on the Celtics bandwagon, they throw a clunker out there and they get beat. I, I think it's going to go seven games. Um, I, do I do too. If Golden State wins to, uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Best okay. best series he's uh, uh, Jesse's seen since the Bulls and the Jazz. That may be. It's a great series. Uh, I haven't followed a lot of them because I've watched a lot of them I have this year. Uh, it's a war. I know that. But yeah. Boston Boston has played extremely well. And, uh, you know, I know we got, we got to get off. Of, Golden State has not shot the ball well no. in any game yet. And I'm waiting for them to have one of those games where they shoot over 50%. Because when they do that, it's over. You're not going to beat them. They've been shooting in the mid-40s to the low-40s. And, and they're not as formidable. Hmm. When they're not hitting that outside shot. They're not a formal, formable. And Sylvia's absolutely right. With Tampa Bay's goalie and Colorado's lack of a goalie, that series could get interesting. I'd hate to have to beat Tampa. You're going to have to play your butt off to beat them. Man, they, they they're are. just good, man. They are. But so is Tampa. Don't underestimate them. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a hell of a series. Uh, Sylvian says, don't forget Royal Ascot starts Tuesday. We'll have a little bit of coverage. We'll do some live reactions when Golden Pal runs and some of the good American horses. Oh, run. is that in England? Yes, and that'll start on Tuesday, and it's going to be a, it's always a lot of fun. Tuesday through Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry, Tuesday through Saturday, five-day Royal Ascot meet. Um, always great. And uh, I think coverage, geez, it starts early, 6, 6.30, 7.30, something like that. So, yeah, be ready for that uh, Royal Ascot week. It's going to be fun. So, all right, guys, we're going to get off here because uh, we've been on long enough, and I need sleep tonight. I haven't slept, 
haven't slept well all week. So, all right, guys, we're going to get off. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, as always. Um, oh, by the way, this will be up on the main page, this podcast. So if you missed any of the show, you can go to racingnews.com and be up on the main page. So um, thank you again, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you, what do you say, next week, probably Monday? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you later. Thank you. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 